When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend Editions here at Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. We uh, are back at it just uh, from a few hours ago with Real Red Reaction. Score stayed the same, <laughs> believe it or not. Nebraska able to uh, to hang on against Rutgers 14-13 to and... A lot of lipstick, and that's okay if you're a Nebraska fan this morning because uh, you are you are in fake first place. Great column by Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity. We'll talk with Vogues in about an hour. We'll also spend time with the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp. Our re- rewind this morning will feature Mickey Joseph and a couple of uh, select players. Uh, We'll patch that together for you. But you can join us this morning if you're up and about. Make it a coffee run uh, at 402-466-3776-476-800-825-5865. Artez Craig chimes in to get us kicked off and going this morning. Artez, loyal listener. He's a over-the-road trucker. We love him for taking care of our country. Morning, fellas. Nice win last night. Going to have to get that run game going next week. Oh, you are preaching, Artez. But, Mark, uh, you uh, you watched last night. Elijah and I were arm-in-arm arm sweating that out as we were walking out of Hale Varsity Club. I'm like, you know, that was we, – we, we watch, we cover – we analyze, we have fun, and have some opinions on. But that thing got stressful just because of the the momentum and positive vibes and just where, where you went from the feeling around the fan base to what the feeling was going to be. Not that last Saturday was all for naught, but you, you wanted to, to see these guys – stack some things i.e. wins because I don't know it had been uh, over 1,400 days and change since you've had back-to-back Big Ten wins and Rutgers and Indiana aren't great that's that's fine Nebraska's not great right now but man if you're a Husker fan it 2-1 and one in league is so good compared to the alternative well, you know what you have when you have two wins in a row, right? The streak. That's a winning streak. Right? So that's, <laughs> that, that is exactly what is needed right now. Got to get some echo in my ear, Elijah. I don't know if you can cut that. I think you just did. Wow. 
that was amazing like as soon as i said that it's gone um things have emerged though i think with with this team that uh while you should absolutely be excited for two consecutive wins it's just a few things to watch the run game really has disappeared it's like 200 combined yards the last two games now it does seem like they i wouldn't say it's totally inept but it's not pretty and it's not super i don't think anthony grant's had run longer than like what seven yards or something like that? Seven yards. Seven yards last night. Yant ten yards. That was that was it. It's yeah. The, the so the run game has it's it's bottled up right now, and that's against Indiana and Rutgers. Now Rutgers, a, a decent defense, right? Like honestly, they're, they're a decent eighteenth nationally scoring defense. Yeah, yeah. So so you got you know you you take that for what it is, but. One of the good trends that has emerged is second half overall complementary football. Nebraska's time of possession in the second half last two weeks. I think the Oklahoma game's an aberration, maybe, hopefully, <laughs> to some degree. Uh, that there is a little bit of hope in there. But time of possession, second half, I mean, it's, it's like 18 minutes to 12 minutes on average last couple games, right around there. That's dominating the time of possession in the second half. That is also being smart enough to know, hey, we shouldn't chuck it every time. That's also the defense getting off the field. The defense has given up five first downs on third down, five total, last two games. Like, dude, they are – they are that, that is some sorcery stuff they have going on defense right well, now with third down conversion rate. And to add to that, since Bill Bush has been appointed as interim defensive coordinator, the defense has not allowed a second-half point. Right, and, and, and Artez just chimed right. in on Facebook. You're saying really impressed with the adjustments and that defense. I don't want to say like night and day because that defense started to look a little bit better towards uh, that the end of that second quarter in terms of of slowing down Rutgers. But zero points in the second half in each game from this Bill Bush led defense. That's that's been the story to me. Is the defense went from right. the the liability to looking more like last year's defense, a defense that is carrying the offense at times. Yeah, it's right. So you pitched a shutout in the second half the last two games. You've only allowed a total of five third-down conversions in two games. And that's like – it's something like five of 29 or something. It's really, really impressive stuff that the defense has done. Granted, against an Indiana team that does not have its two top wide receivers. Granted, against a Rutgers team who's offensively challenged. <laughs> but you're doing, you're doing what you should do to teams like that if you're a good defense. And you don't want to you don't want to sit here and call them the '85 Bears, of course. You don't even want to call them the '09 Huskers or the 2012 Huskers. Um, but you're seeing signs that they're not the 2017 Huskers, not the not the 2007 Huskers. <laughs> like you're seeing signs of life there defensively and things that you can build on. Hail Varsity Weekend here, presented by Currency. Recapping Nebraska's win over Rutgers on the road, 14-13-2-1 in Big Ten play. You know, it's fascinating to to watch this season. And I was concerned with, with a lot of things last night. I thought Nebraska's offense would be better. I thought Nebraska's defense would have a chance to be pretty good just because of, of how – 
off and inept Rutgers. I mean, the Rutgers could not throw the football. Think about it. I mean, three interceptions. Yeah. Vedrill's thumb is still in ice right now. So they were they were they were very one dimensional, and still got downhill a little bit. I mean, some big plays, but Nebraska was able to adjust. It it turned out that that you're you're, you're off hand was the storyline last night. I mean, Rutgers' offense in that first quarter, big, right? The first drive and some big plays in the air really got Rutgers going. And then Nebraska's defense, that's the the weaker part of the the phase of the team, at least going into this, statistically, they they were the thing. They were were the unit that carried Nebraska because the offense was – was so just inconsistent. And and we were touching on this before we ended last night. Crane, I want to get your take. Where, where can this offensive line go? What what are they? What can they become? Because they need to be able to run the football uh, next week to keep this time of possession going. I think they can get some big plays, right? I don't know that Purdue's D... Is Rutgers D? So, what what is what's a reality here? And I know it's going to be game to game to game in in, in the Big Ten. That's how it is. There's going to be uh, peaks and valleys in, in the Big Ten. But what that's what I need to know. Like trying to figure out this team, trying to project. You're happy for them at two and one, but but moving forward, can they do anything? to be better in the run game. Uh, You've got a special back in Grant that, God, he is so physical. He's a winner. He's hungry. And he's just tough. But can Nebraska help themselves out by being able to block and being able to protect? And it's not like it was a sack fest last night, but Casey Thompson's, I mean, he's wearing a, a, a flak jacket. I mean, he's just getting the hell beat out of him. Yeah. And, and that you, you can't live in that neighborhood moving forward, and it's not going to get easier. I mean, November's November. Illinois looms, Minnesota looms, Michigan looms, Iowa, Wisconsin, and, uh, of course, Purdue next weekend on the road. Uh, they've got to figure it out in a hurry. And I don't know with what they have if they'll be able to figure it out to the tune of bull eligibility. You hope for them if you're a Nebraska fan for sure, but – Man, uh, it, it's just – it's going to be very problematic moving forward based on what we saw last night. Well, let's let's listen to the statistics the last two games. Actually, the last three, really, since, since Mickey took over. Mm-hmm. Like, for all the good that has happened since Mickey has taken over, the run game has fallen off a cliff. Like, it just has, right? It's not a criticism. It's numbers. It's black and white here. Um, so against Indiana, 51 carries, 115 yards, 2.25 per. Now, that's also not sack adjusted. Let's keep that in mind. There's about 45 you're, yards. You're, since but you're still not though. going for 7.1. You're not no, going for, you're, you're, for, for you're, six. You're not going for five a carry. You're 2.25. And then, and then against Rutgers last night, 29 totes for 72 yards. To 2.48. I mean, those are, I mean, that's bad, right? Like, that's, those, <laughs> so those are bad. That's 2017 Riley stuff right there, right? Like, that's, you are not moving the ball at all. 
So what do you do? I look. You kind of, you went back to your 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 starting offensive line last night. Um, Nebraska found something in the second half of that Indiana game where they actually were running the ball fairly well, and that could have been a corrosive effect. It could have been a you know um, cumulative effect from just trying to run the ball more and more. But I think you should look at some of the players that were on the field for that. So that was when Brant Banks was in, for instance, after Turner Corcoran got got ejected. Um, they shifted some things around. You you were different at right tackle too, uh, with with um, Benner getting sat. Not saying it's those Hunter, two guys. Hunter, all Hunter Anthony alone. came in, did all right. Yeah, right. Your your second half of Indiana looked okay. Um, I I think you got to keep looking at it because right, it's now you do also want to. It, and Mickey Joseph gave credit to him too, and this is true. It's yes, it's Rutgers, but it's also Shiano, and he did have that thing rolling at one point, and he based it on defense. He's a, he's a defensive guy, so part of that could have been schematics last night too. It's, it's grain assault to some degree, but two games in a row, not even three yards of carry, um, not not good, not good. You got to figure something out there because you're right. Once you get to Iowa, once you get to Wisconsin, once you get to you know the murder, Michigan. <laughs> God, I don't want to talk about that right now. Let's, All let's, the good juju is going away once you hit mm-hmm. I'll, I'll let's worry about that when we get there because this is a, a Nebraska football team that has been, objectively speaking, bad at winning football games over the past couple seasons, and they have found a way Straight to up. go win two football games. And Straight I know up. you can sit back and go, "It's Indiana." It's Rutgers. You can say that, but the simple Absolutely. fact of the matter is over the past four years, Nebraska hasn't been beating the likes of Indiana and Rutgers. So while it wasn't pretty, while it might raise some some red flags for what's to come later this season, yeah, sure, maybe Nebraska's not going to win the Big Ten West based on what we've seen the past two weeks. I think we can at least sit back and say, man, at least this Husker football team is figuring out how to win a football game. That's, that's, that's the simple, like, fact of the matter big takeaway for me is this Husker football team is learning how to win football games and you know what if they end up going five and seven this season it's okay because two weeks ago out it said two and ten and if they can't hang with the likes of Iowa and Wisconsin along the lines of scrimmage so be it I mean two weeks ago I wouldn't have expected either but two weeks ago I also didn't expect that Nebraska would go two and oh against Indiana and Rutgers they went and did it they, they did what they had to do they they're learning how to win football games and it's it's slowly shifting the mentality within that locker room of being a team that's willing to go out on a football field and fight. And they're showing such awareness to Mickey in particular and the people that, that Mickey's surrounded himself with that he's listening to. Uh, man, it was so refreshing just to watch some awareness of what the heck's happening with the clock, <laughs> right? Like, it, honestly, like that has been sorely lacking do you remember how often it would be, you know, a few minutes left in a game, maybe Nebraska's up by six or whatever, and they're snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the play clock instead of milking the thing? I, I said this <laughs> You're to just sh- like, what is happening? I said like, this to why are you on the, uh, this? on the drive home last night. Nebraska, on that final drive, burned five minutes off the clock and only nine plays. Mm-hmm. Something you would never see over the past four years. In nine plays, they got themselves... Uh, what was it? Two first downs and burn five minutes yeah. off the clock. Yeah. It's just, it's like that. That's the game. That's winning versus not winning. It's right. It may seem cheaper. Like that's not aggressive. Like it's a W. I mean, Mickey like, Joseph <laughs> went out there and straight up and over that final six minutes of the game 
outcoached Greg Schiano. Greg Schiano used two timeouts on third down. I'm, I'm surprised he's not receiving more more jabs than he is right he's, now because he's getting... his, his game management late was bad, and Mickey Joseph went out there and game management-wise outcoached Greg Schiano. Yeah. Well, no, it happened. Schiano's getting punched in the face uh, by many of the folks who cover Rutgers. The the, the main beat writer that are, that our friend Tom Chattel is is close with. He he kind of got into that yesterday. Just the mood and feel in Rutgers, and yeah, you, you had uh, you, you had a stupid, silly timeout burnt. That final timeout burnt by Rutgers because there was personnel issues, and then. How did Nebraska – Nebraska got three penalties last night due to <laughs> – uh, three first downs due to penalty last night. And think how big it was for Oliver Martin to get spiked on the sideline. You know, it's third down and 15 or whatever. Nebraska throws a four-yard out. It's fourth down. It's time to punt. You're like, oh, God. Uh, Rutgers gets the ball back for one more hurrah. And – Bang! Well, Oliver gets spiked down on the sideline, and there's a 15-yard penalty. First down, Nebraska. Keep on churning clock. So, Artez chimes in here, and he asks a question here. And, and the 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 um, the off pitch, right? You got your uh, your fastball, your change up, your curve. The curveball being Logan Smothers. And, and Elijah and I were looking at each other last night and talking here at halftime. Casey's getting whacked. Uh, he had Purdy come in. And I'm like, all right, what, what's the, the Logan Smothers status? Because you can, you can put him in in this Whipple-controlled passing game when there's some play action and you're moving the pocket and you're dumping off to Brewington, you know, on the underneath three-yard tight end dump off turns into an eight-yard gain, right? You know, just because of the cushion or the the crossing routes or even the hitch routes. I mean, Nebraska didn't – they went to those in the second half with the passing game because it had to be snap it and get it out of your hands quickly. But, I mean, I would like to see some smothers with the running quarterback element. And and Casey had a gutsy scramble – uh, to to go get a first down that final drive. It was a second down and, and nine that he scrambled or might have even been a third down he scrambled for on a first down. But, no, I mean, I'm good with Artez's question here, changing it up a bit, help the running game out. We talk about getting this running game going. The diversity part would be welcome where you have the quarterback run game that is a threat along with what you have from Grant. Is that something Nebraska's got to look at here or at least package it? Yeah, well, either Chuba or Logan could do that. Um, Casey can do it to a degree, but I think you want to protect him a little bit considering the shots he's taken in pass protection. Right. Um, I, I think maybe the hesitation that's happened is we've seen it a few times. Outside of the second half or outside of the Iowa game that Logan Smothers started and played the whole game, where he did a really good job running the ball. They featured him doing it. Mm-hmm. When he's come in off the bench, there have been at least two times that I can recall where he puts the ball on the turf after running it, right? So there's probably some ball security concerns there. That might be why he's third. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here. I don't know this for sure, but kind of put two and two together. And maybe that's why Chuba is favored over 
Logan Smothers when you're like, well, we if this guy's a better running quarterback, but he puts the ball on the ground, it sort of negates his strength. <laughs> you know, that that's, that could be part of it, and, right? And, 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 and sorry, Mark, I don't want to cut you off here if you had more to say, but I mean, spot duty is more like how I want to see. I don't want to see Logan Smothers come in and get three plays, but you know, whenever it's fourth down and one and you're sitting there going, hey, maybe we should go empty here. How about you think about running a, <laughs> a read option with either Anthony Grant or, or Jock Yant and Logan Smothers. I mean, you're, you're going to be bringing something to the, the element that this Rutgers team has seen very little of all season long. They're, they're not going to be ready for that based on probably what they did in their, their week of game prep, and they're going to see Logan Smothers come in. They're going to go, okay, alarm bell's come, going off, and, and it gives the defense something to think about on fourth and one whenever you can't be thinking on defense. On a fourth and one play, you're, you're reading, you're reacting, and you got to play fast because you only got one yard that, that you, can, you have a cushion, I guess I should say. So, I, I mean – to get to that fourth and one real fast, that Nebraska's whole plan it looked like was to have a, a running back in, quote-unquote, even though there's no running back on the field, and try to get an advantageous matchup, shift him outside, and then hopefully you, you've got a, a speedy wide receiver against a linebacker. But Rutgers changed personnel in that fourth and one. They, they had a, a good plan in place for what Nebraska was going to do. And I, I look back on that and I go, how hard is it to get one yard if you have two running options in the backfield? You're going to go read option. You can either hand it off to the running back up the middle or a guy like Logan Smothers can pull it and take it around the edge. That's more where I see it. Can we get it in spot duty where the defense is going to go, okay, what's going on? The alarm bells are going off. And instead of being able to read and react, they now have to think. That's the, the time when I want to see a guy like Logan Smothers come into this football game. But that, that's the thing, Elijah. I, I hear you in theory, but in spot duty, Smothers has put the ball on the ground twice. <laughs> right, like when he played when he started against Iowa, you didn't see it as much. Um, but in spot, he's he's done that. Um, and I, I just wonder too about, yeah, well, there, there's a couple things there. So a, another thing there is while while it's really healthy for all of us to be able to question that, like what the hell are you doing on fourth and one? What is Whipple doing? Why why are you going empty? And 95 percent of us are like, why are you going empty? It was also refreshing to hear Mickey Joseph in the post game say, "I'm not going to intervene there." Mm-hmm. During the game, is is the is the sense I got from him. I wouldn't doubt if this morning there's a chat this morning. <laughs> if Joseph is like, "Hey, Whip, why are we going empty on fourth and one?" Well, Just explain that to me. Can we maybe not do that next in, time? In, in theory, in and theory, Whip's going to show him the stat sheet, and it says two point five. <laughs> in, in theory, you think. Rutgers is going to beef up on a fourth and one. They're, they're going to send an extra defensive lineman in there. But Nebraska's personnel, I think, keyed them to the fact that Nebraska's not going to be running that football. One tight end in the game and zero running backs. I think Rutgers saw that and went, okay, let's, let's throw our nickel out there. And they had a nickel in that could go cover, I think it was Marcus Washington, who lined up in the backfield first, shifted out to the left, and then went and ran just a little curl route. Uh, on the left yeah. side. And it seemed like Rutgers keyed into the fact that Nebraska had no interest running the football, and they almost went small on a fourth and one. I think Mark Whipple was trying to get a little cute and say, hey, let's the, the defense is going to be expecting to run up the gut on fourth and one, so let's go empty here and see if we can catch them. And it, it didn't quite work. That's what I saw. I, I had to go watch the highlights last night to, to make sure I wasn't crazy watching that in real time like because I was at the time frustrated with Schmitty. We were sitting at the Hale Varsity Club going, what the hell was that? Why are we going empty on fourth and one? <laughs> I had to go back and look at the film. That's what it looked like to me was Mark Whipple trying to catch a defense, expecting something, and going something completely else. And, and Rutgers came prepared. They had that nickel in there. Uh, he was good in coverage, whoever they brought in. Um, but, I mean, it, it's, it's a lot easier, I guess, to look back and, and criticize these things and say, you know what, it's not a big deal when the Huskers get a win. It's, it's nice, too, about what we're criticizing here. 
rather than criticizing critiquing a win well well right and nobody's sitting here critiquing the last three minutes of clock management which a lot of times we have been doing on this Mm -hmm. show where you're just like no seriously what are they doing like how how can you be paid that much and make those decisions we're not talking about that dude we're talking about one series much earlier in the in the game not entirely crunch time uh, that's good it's good to, it's good that, that we're there's there's plenty to critique with Nebraska football overall it is just nice to not have to question how they manage games to get wins and that sounds so basic but it is so important and that has absolutely killed Nebraska over the past several years Tamar Quainak, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbold Hail City Weekend. We're presented by Currency. We'll hear from Mickey Joseph and a couple of players here. The post game from last night, Nebraska hangs on. Nebraska has belief. They have momentum. They have some grit. Able to fight and come from behind. Not play their best. Win ugly. And <laughs> keep on keeping on. Uh, Some things that we're curious about moving forward. And and I don't know if you've seen or heard much, Cranach, but moving forward, your your heartbeat defensively has been Luke Reimer. Do we know his status? Is it a growing deal? Is it just – is he dinged? I mean, what's – Mickey said during postgame last night that – Luke uh, had to go back and get x-rays during the second half, and he didn't know anything else, and I don't think there's been any other official update on Luke. Do we know what region? I mean, foot or hand? or No, no updates idea. on that. And, um, Mickey did say that Quentin Newsom uh, had the, the, a lingering groin issue. That's what kept him out of the second half, and uh, did not sound like it was going to be a serious issue for Quentin Newsom, but uh, couldn't go last night because of a groin issue. Uh, Vokalek with the ankle, no update on him yet either. And he no was in. Update the, he on, was on in. Armor. Yeah, Vokalek able to, to air quote walk it off. Right, uh, he was big. He was big on that touchdown. He was big on that third down conversion to keep clock burning. And uh, Anthony Grant ice tubbing. And has that guy woke up yet on the sideline from <laughs> Rutgers? I mean, but can we talk about the, the like that that breathed a little life? I mean, first drive. Oh yeah, it was some first energy. Drive wasn't in the it? second half for for Nebraska and Anthony Grant goes and does that. There was a noticeable change, and and it, it's hard to say when you're coming out of halftime whether that change came. Oh, because, you know, the, the team got sorted during halftime or if it's because of an explosive play like Anthony Grant going and murdering a dude on the sideline. Uh, unsure, but it did really seem to, to breathe a lot of life into that team. Just Anthony Grant going and doing that. That was – and, and you have people on Twitter saying, oh, it's targeting. It's not targeting. Um, Anthony <laughs> Grant just went and made a football play. And uh, that, that, does that guy not look like an NFL guy behind running behind a terrible offensive he's, line? That's what yeah, it looks like to me. Anthony Grant's like, I don't want to go to Detroit. Oh, wait a minute. I'm, I'm in Nebraska. <laughs> uh, uh, you have this, and a good good column last night by Brandon Vogel, also our friend Mitch Sherman. And um, listen, Nebraska had a chance to go away. Nebraska had a chance to, 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 to tap out, right? And then we're waiting on this season to go sideways because of – everything that it's been and that's been change that's been um injury that's been 
lack of belief. I mean, all these things, think about this, Cranach. I mean, a month ago we're in Ireland. And the the world's, it's going to go two forks in the road. One road's going to take you to three and nine or worse and awful football. The other road's going to take you to a competitive season, guys that'll keep fighting, and and a coaching staff that's going to be there for the kids and, and do a good job, do a competent job. And right now with Mickey, I mean, he's got it, got it going. He has got it going. The um, the voice for Mickey's going to get louder and louder, especially if they a week from today they uh, they pull off what looks very very difficult to go in on the road at Purdue. So we'll uh, take a quick time out. Keep watching and hanging out. Hail Varsity Radio Weekend is streaming for you. And you can watch us on ESPN Lincoln's Facebook and Twitter. Hail Varsity Radio's Twitter feed as well at HVarsity Radio. My Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Give me a follow. Elijah Herbal at Herbal Essence is where you follow him. Mark Cranach back on Twitter someday. Uh, and uh, we will catch up. What's um, What's on the menu here, Elijah, for post game who do we have we've got mickey first and uh we had casey ready to go we might be running a little short on time for casey but we will for sure get to mickey here okay so quick time out uh next hour we'll spend time with brandon vogel from hail Var city get his take on things and gary sharp the iron horse with us but a, uh, a quick time out here hail Var city weekend edition presented by currency mickey joseph up next pardon the interruption but i'd like to save you some money I'm Brandon Vogel, Managing Editor of Hale Varsity, and I wanted to offer listeners of this podcast $10 off the price of an annual subscription. That means that you can get everything we produce, 10 issues of our monthly magazine, our annual football yearbook, and all of the premium content we produce at HaleVarsity.com. Just go to HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe and enter the promo code GBR for $10 off a full year of Hale Varsity. That's HaleVarsity.com slash subscribe promo code GBR. Now back with Hale Varsity Radio with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. I want to thank our fans who traveled out here to Jersey to support us. Then I'm going to take my hat off to the kids and our coaches. I can tell the kids this whole week they got themselves prepared. The coaches did their job with the game plan, but they got themselves prepared and ready to come on a short week. It's a great game. We asked them to fight. We asked them to fight at halftime, and then in full court, we asked them to finish. We asked them to finish, and they did. Questions? Mickey, what didn't you do in the first half that you did in the second half? We struggled. We struggled on offense, but the defense, you know, we gave up some plays. You know, we gave up some um, some deep balls early. You know, we had to settle, we had to settle it down and, and get things together. But we struggled on offense the first half. How much were you worried about uh, Casey's health at halftime? Casey's tough. I can tell you, Casey's gonna play. If Casey can get that ball out of his hand, he's gonna play. Casey's gonna. Casey was raised by Charles Thompson, a, a, a grown man. Remember, he came in Nebraska and did us a couple of times. So Casey's tough. Casey's gonna be to take hits and get up. How, how sweet was it to see the, the players just celebrate like that to get the reward of a good second half? Yes, I, like I told told the defense, just you know, two weeks in a row that they you know, shut somebody out the second half. I think you know, 
for so long. It's, it, you're happy for them. You're happy for them. Like I said, they've been, they've been beat up for a long time. And now they're feeling, they're feeling the, the pressure of, that they know how to win. And like I said, they prepared themselves during the week. They got themselves ready to work. We only had one one week, one day. And when we put pads on it, we hit. We hit one day. Everything else was helmets and spiders. But they, they, they played it to the full quarter and they were the most physical team. Is What's Quentin's status? And then how, I mean, what can you say about Malcolm and Brandon, the way they played the second half? You know what? Next man up. Next man up. We talked to him about that. If, you, if you're a backup, you got to prepare like you're a starter. So you take your hat off to Bam and you take your hat off to Malcolm. You know, because Malcolm started, but he, he struggled. We, we took him out for a couple, a couple of long plays. But Q, I'm going to have to talk to Mark and see, you know, what's the instead of um, Q's injury. Oh, Q's hurt? Q's hurt? He's a little banged up. I think it was a groin. I think it was a groin, so that's why he beat us out. I mean, what was the mood at halftime in the locker room? And how did you address that mood? Well, no. We, we, we figured we still had a we had, It was a two-score game. And we knew we knew we had to play four quarters. We we knew coming in, we knew coming in here that this team was going to play tough. We knew it, but we had to make them play four quarters. So we second half, we was really confident that we could come back and win the game. Nick, you talk about the belief that the, the guys have now. Do you feel like that now, because of how important this one was, this could change the outlook that they have on the rest of the season? Well, I think we take one game at a time. Well, our goal was to be one and zero this weekend, and now we want to know. So we don't want too straight. But, I, but I'll tell you this, I think they, they're starting to believe and they're starting to see it, though. Remember now, they hadn't, they hadn't did this. They hadn't, this is this is kind of strange for them. But you see that they they, they playing hard, they're playing fast, and they're not giving up. And it, listen, I called them in the fourth quarter again. It was no doubt eyes. No, it was no doubt in their eyes that they was going to win the game. And it was the same way at halftime. They knew they knew they was going to win the game if they keep fighting. We said it was going to be a street fight. But we said the type of street fight we're in, there's no rounds, there's no time. It's just let's keep swinging. Let's keep swinging. Don't look at the scoreboard. And at the end, you're coming on top. Hey, Mickey, Miles Farmer, he's had some ups and downs this season, but he makes that pick. And then can you just speak about that sequence where he gets that big play and then you turn around and go for the end zone right away? Yes, Miles Miles made a big play. You know, you know, Miles struggled the first couple of weeks. You know, and he struggled with the first couple of weeks, you know, with the, with the scheme. But, we, but I stayed on Miles. I, I called Miles into my office. I stayed on Miles because I know Miles is a good player. I know I was a really good player, so and we need his leadership out there. So I stayed on him, and, and, and Fish stayed on him, Billy stayed on him, and he showed up. He showed up today with a big play. Hey, Mickey, how big was that sequence where Blaze Gunnarsson stopped the touchdown on the block punt, and then your defense held up for a field goal to keep it at ten nothing? It was that was big. That was big on Blaze's part. You know, he stopped. You know, he saved us four points. Just in that moment to get down fourteen nothing, though. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to do 14 on you down 13. But listen, that was a great play by Blaze. I, I know you trust Coach Wilkelberg to kind of run the offense and call the plays. Was there a moment in there where you you said, are you passing it too much? Or, you know, that fourth down where you guys went empty, were there any moments like that in the second half? No. I'm going to let Whipple call his game. Whip was a veteran, you know. He, he, he's been doing this a long time. And, and what you what you don't do, you you don't question guys, you know, because he had to get them back on track. So I had to let Whipple call his game. I just I had to do it. Well, that fourth and one that Sam was talking about, what went into that decision that first in the third quarter that you guys didn't have was the empty set. Can you just explain what uh, David Whipple was talking about? Why he called that play? Because we thought we was getting the coverage that, that you know we that for that play, we thought we was going to get that coverage, and we did. Just didn't execute.
Yeah, get back to the farmer interception and the next play you throw the throw to Trey. Did you you knew that was coming and did you feel pretty good about that call and then what do you say about Trey yeah, making we, up a big, another big play? Yes, Trey, we we knew Trey was gonna be able to run by these corners and we knew the safety was gonna was gonna um, check down on the on the scene route. So it was a really good route by Trey and you know, one thing Trey can do when he sees it, he can go get it. And he made a great catch. One or two more. What, what happened to Reimer? Uh, I got to talk to Mark about it. I just, he just told me Luke was out and they had to come in and get x-ray. So I got to talk to Mark. Kind of season off that door. I mean, you were playing a bunch of different guys. that Next man up. Yeah. I, I mean, what I'm, what, what I'm going to do? I'm going to play with 10? No. You, you, if, if you're a backup or if you're a third guy, you got to get yourself prepared to play because you're only one player away from getting in the game. And those kids understand that because we got we to gotta put them in there. You know, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. You know I'm not. But the next guy's got to get in there. I mean, this is big boy football. We got we to gotta put the next guy in. And, and he's on scholarship just like Luke's on scholarship. So he had to, get, he had to go in the game, and I expect him to, to execute what he, um, the game plan. How important is it to get a win when you're not playing in the, in the prettiest type of way? <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great win because, you know, we haven't had many. You know, we don't win two straight. We don't, you know, we won a road game. So this is this is big. This is good for the kids and good for the coaches. Like I said, this thing's bigger than me, but it's, it's those coaches and those players that, that's really, you know, that's digging it in. Sensei, we're slowing you guys down on offense. We struggled in the first half. They did. I mean, Rutgers, they were kind of slowing the tempo. Yeah, with. But, yeah, but I, but yeah, they slowed us down. But, you know, Rutgers is a good defense. They, they, you know, until last week, you know, until the week Ohio State, they was top in the country. So they got some, they got a really good defense. Shannon was a good defensive-minded coach. So, you know, we, it, was, it was a chess match tonight. Hey, Mick, here you guys are all alone in first place, at least for a couple hours. How does that feel? Um, first place is when we end the season, not now. <laughs> it's, it's fake first place. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you guys. Thanks. Early to rise with Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Here's Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranick. One, of, one final time this first hour, Hale Varsity Weekend, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal. Thanks to Mickey Joseph, his post-game audio right there. Uh, fake first place. It's okay. Uh, it's <laughs> it's still what it looks like right now. Uh, you look at ESPN.com, the slate of games. There's Friday off to the side, 14-13 Nebraska over Rutgers. Indiana wants to host Michigan. Purdue is at Maryland. Wisconsin and Northwestern, another rock fight. Ohio State is going to clobber Sparty, you would think, based on the tailspin Michigan State's in. Iowa, Illinois, that is going to be another rock fight. Another rock fight, but I'll watch. I'm going to watch Iowa, Illinois tonight. (laughs) Uh, And then you got KU and TCU at 11 o'clock with game day down in Lawrence. Mark Cranach back with us. So... I don't care if if the black shirts are handed out this week, next week, at all during the season. I just like what what Bill Bush has done with this football team. There's some questions uh, you saw on Twitter last night, the way the defense has played the last couple of weeks. Is it time Brady Altman's is going to make that a – 
point to ask, I think, this week from HailVarsity.com and Magazine. He was in Piscataway last night. So it, it's nice. It's it's important for the for the players to, to earn that. I totally get it. Their, their effort and their intensity, their preparation, right, has warranted to revisit the discussion. But just, I, I mean, it, maybe I'm too grumpy and old and it's, it's 7.50 this morning, but I, it, it's just off to the side for me. Just keep finding a way. You know, that, that, that no. to me is the, the biggest thing if, if you're a Nebraska football fan. Just, man, you, and that's the thing, man. Last night was pure Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can't watch. You, you maybe threw a remote through the TV. You're out of booze. I mean, they're, they're, you go down the list, and then you, you're just like, man, that was given birth, but here's the baby. I mean, it, it, works, it works out okay if you're a Nebraska fan. You got the win, man. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. We are three guys here at 7.50 in the morning. You just made a giving birth analogy. We have no room That's to really talk. solid. <laughs> no, I, really I'm, sure we, I, I'm sure we don't. I, I can only imagine, right? Where What was, the, what was the, the, the guy on Twitter last weekend where, you know, it's, it's college football Saturday and the most insensitive to one of the most insensitive tweets out there where, you know, the guy's like, you know, kickoffs here in a little bit, and this is taking too long. So the guy shows a pizza showing up at the hospital while his <laughs> wife's giving birth. <laughs> oh, God. It was horrible. No. Can't, can't, no. can't we hurry this thing up? <laughs> got kickoff to make. I'd honestly not <laughs> even thought about black shirts lately. Yeah. I'd not even thought about it. it is, you know what I'm saying? Like, and think about Same. some of those traditions, right? Like, how meaningful is it when it's like you, you hand out the black shirts and it's a, it's a great accomplishment and then you get trucked for 580 yards the next game and you're just like, okay, cool, you're a black shirt part of the fraternity? Yeah, that, that, that's, what you, that's what you want to avoid this week is, is handing them out this week and then uh, Monday after Purdue taking them right back. <laughs> I, they're they're, know, they're red really to own right it, now. If you really think about it, you know what I would do if I was Trev? I would pass legislation for the football program. And just say, starters get black shirts, and that's it. Stop with the whole taking them away, giving them if they do this, if they do that. Just starters get black shirts. Just keep keep it simple. I I don't know. That's what I would do, but what the heck. Hey, by the way, last two games, 13 tackles for loss. Yes. In the last two games compared to 14 the four games prior. Last two games, six sacks compared to a total of four the four games prior. So like the havoc plays are increasing significantly and have over the past couple of weeks. Well, and that was key. I mean, what did Rutgers want to do? They wanted to get downhill. They wanted to keep it in third and manageable. And and Rutgers did have their share of third or fourth and shorts, right? More so third and shorts. But Nebraska would stiffen up. I mean, there was a lot of second and eight, second and sevens because the defense stiffened after that first drive. And, uh, yeah, Noah Vedrols finished three of ten and dinged his thumb. They went up top, picked on the, the young guy early. But Nebraska responded, found a way. You heard it from Hour Smitty. one. The, Go ahead. The, the D got stiff last night. You heard it from Schmitty. Oh. They, they, they did. They, they uh, dare I say, bowed up. Your child has brain cancer. 
Can you imagine hearing those words about your own child? Nearly 5,000 families each year hear this life-changing diagnosis and live daily with the fear it brings. When a child is diagnosed with brain cancer, their lives are forever changed. The treatments used to treat children are toxic and cause damage to their developing bodies that can affect them for the rest of their lives. 95% of children who survive brain cancer will develop a significant health condition by the age of 45 as a direct result of the toxic treatments. This includes diagnosis of another cancer later in life or other countless deadly health problems. Our kids are special, and we need to treat them that way. By making a donation to the Team Jack Foundation, you fund research that leads to safer, more effective treatments, giving kids hope. You can be the difference. You can fund the cure. Join us and donate today by visiting teamjackfoundation.org. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back with you, it's Hour 2. It's the weekend edition of Tale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. Artez has chimed in. Brennan has said good morning. Jeff has said hello. Mark Cranach, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, not in his football office, but uh, the backdrop of a beautiful painting. And uh, you can look at last night's ball game and interpret a lot of things. But, man, a win is a win. Vogues, uh, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you? Doing well. I'm on uh, solo dad duty, so I apologize for any uh, noises we may hear throughout this this, uh, this radio spot. No, you, you're good. Like, it sounded like you're getting some remodeling done or something. <laughs> no, that's uh, banging the water cup because it's not quite No, I was going to say it sounded like, uh, like yeah. you have John Bonham as a house guest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we did. We did get reports of Chris Schmidt doing the same thing at the Hill Varsity Club last night when his beer ran. <laughs> I was composed and behaved. There is a Elijah still pick. pacified him though. Uh huh. <laughs> you sit in the high chair and, and stay over there. That's actually yes, a great sir. idea. Like, why would you not have adult high chairs to watch football games? Just a whole row of them. That could be a lot of fun. That That'd be, be that's a good idea, and then you can get Thank hosed you. off afterwards. Put me in touch with the Hale Varsity Club GM. I got other we, ideas too. We, we will do that. <laughs> uh, managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine, Brandon Vogel, with us at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogues, we gritty, tough. Some words that we used last night. You know, in a, in a one-word synopsis of, of the, the game, 14-13, to 13, Nebraska wins, 2-1 and one in Big Ten play. What's a word that comes to mind for you uh, with, with Nebraska? We'll, we'll start there. Uh, what did you think last night? Well, it looked like Nebraska, there's about one point separating Nebraska and Rutgers. Uh, and <laughs> in my post-game column, I, I kind of took that track of, and it's much better to be plus one than minus one. You know, it, at halftime, when it's 13 to nothing, Nebraska's offense, which had been, I mean, pretty clearly, I think, good through the season to this point, was just getting stonewalled, particularly in the run game, and they couldn't protect Casey Thompson enough to, to get the passing game going. 
looked pretty rough. And it was, you know, in the past, in a more normal time for Nebraska, you know, it's a catastrophe. And I'm sitting there wondering, what do you even say about this? Because, like, all of the context around Nebraska football is totally different now. Uh, they, ton of credit to them. They found a way to pull it out. They, they kind of kept at it. So I guess the, the one word might be perseverance. And it's, it's a welcome sight to see because it's been in short supply at Nebraska over the past couple of seasons. Brandon Vogel is with us on, on Hale Varsity Radio. And, you know, it's really – it's a different team in the second half last two weeks, right? I think you throw the Oklahoma game out just because of the maybe the talent discrepancy and then the situation surrounding that game and because it's more convenient for this discussion. Uh, but, you know, you look at the last two weeks, a couple Big Ten opponents that are, you know, low to mid, I guess, in the conference. Um. You've, you've pitched a shutout both second halves. Third down conversion rate has been fantastic. Tackles for loss, way up. Sacks, way up. Turnovers, up. The, what, what do you think it is that Bill Bush has been able to, to do um, with this defense? And is that something, after two games, that we feel confident enough in saying, you know what, that's something that you can probably depend on moving forward? Yeah, I think, um, you know, simplify was is the word that keeps getting used and it, and it might be the wrong one you know i'm thinking back to that oklahoma game where urban meyer had to step in to the booth for the second half and you know, a comment that i haven't been able to forget was him talking about just how simple kind of nebraska's defensive scheme was in terms of what they were choosing to run i think the simplicity here has been in dialing back maybe the language i mean i, I know they didn't change the language but just getting everyone on the same page. And, you know, the thing that stands out about last night is you did that with a ton of kind of movement at corner in terms of who yeah. was in there. Um, so, so whatever, you know, I, I think that's the big thing is just getting everybody on the same page in a way that it didn't feel through the first four games. Um, so it, it's worked, it, you know, it's worked against two offenses that, you know, are going to be at the bottom towards the bottom of the big 10 fair enough um but you look at the rest of the schedule indiana or illinois you worry about that run game purdue you worry about that pass game but nebraska doesn't have to play ohio state it does have to play michigan it's not like this is a conference of just elite offenses up and down up and down the conference brandon vogel's with us here on a saturday morning edition of hail varsity radio and brandon you mentioned the fact that that Nebraska claimed to be simplifying their defense, and I think that is true in terms of the language and whatnot, but last night I saw some pretty creative blitzes from, from Bill Bush, especially in the second half, and I think of one in particular, that, that final defensive play where Malcolm Hartsaw gets the pick, and you watch, Caleb Tanner is actually lined up as a linebacker, like a true linebacker, and he's almost used like, like the Cowboys use Micah Parsons, where he comes darting through, takes out the left guard, the left tackle, it frees up Garrett Nelson to get some pressure on the quarterback and enforce that errant throw, and, and I think that's the, the perfect representation of this defense is not necessarily that it's simple, but the fact that it's, 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 it's allowing them to play freely, where... where Caleb Tanner, I mean, that that's almost his bread and butter is just go out there and, and run as fast as you can at a left guard, knock him three yards in the defensive backfield, knock him into a left tackle, and free up Garrett Nelson. Not that that's a simple blitz by any means, but but this Bill Bush defense is allowing the defense to play more freely than they were in, in weeks one through three. 
Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. Um, you know, maybe Nebraska is not throwing a, a ton more exotic coverages than they were in the past. But um, if you're going to dial things down, even from where they were at, if that's what's happened, you gotta you gotta dial up the aggressiveness, and you know, and that's that's a mindset. That's also you know, game planning and choices in terms of how you blitz and when you when you choose to to send extra rushers and. That that's been a pretty big change, you know. So I guess if if Nebraska isn't the most kind of the fanciest team out there in terms of what it's going to throw at you coverage wise, still the the big difference might be well, you you got a little bit of a free roll here, so you might as well be aggressive. And I think that's what we're seeing these past two games. <laughs> Brandon Bogles with us here on Hail Varsity Weekend. The the German wants to. Say hi to you, Vogue. Sorry about that. Um, He's talking about a dog. Uh, it's a German yeah. shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel like yeah, I have that, to clarify that. Didn't that didn't translate to well audience. to people who are not watching the stream. We're, we're on the stream, ESPN Lincoln Facebook, ESPN Lincoln Twitter, and the Hale Varsity radio Twitter feed. Uh, Why do so people to think that it's someone named Gretchen walking around? It's, you know. It's Gertie. Gertrude. Yeah. No, <laughs> See, and, and Junior thought that was pretty good. Look, a big, big-eared puppy. Um, so, with with Nebraska, what did last night say to you moving forward about Nebraska's offense? Are you concerned about the offense moving forward to go big picture for a moment, or is it just that's Rutgers? They're pretty decent, and the offense will get better in some areas. I, I, you, you, folks, you have guys that are going to gonna will themselves to make plays. That's the equalizer. That's a little bit more comforting. Uh, if, you're, if you're Nebraska, you can find Palmer. You've got Thompson. And then there is Grant to, to, to harm people on the sideline. But, you know, what's, what's your edict on the offense right now, bud, with, uh, with you know, you need three to get to a bowl game and then beyond is a little gravy here for, for potential postseason. Yeah, uh, it's it's tough for me to not feel like maybe the offense isn't quite as strong as I thought it had looked uh, going into that game and particularly in the run game. Like, I was joking with our staff on our in-game chat that if Anthony Grant makes makes a thousand yards this year, it might be one of the greatest physical achievements in human history. Um, because man, there's, there's there's not a lot not a lot to work with on that front, and that's going to be a problem because you know if we can look at these kind of Big Ten offenses coming up on Nebraska's schedule and say, eh, yeah, they they kind of have their their positive traits. <laughs> look at the defenses, and it's it's what you you've come to expect in the big 10 there's not going to be an easy out there and indiana in its own way particularly in the run game i think wasn't an easy out and Rutgers is pretty solid all around really like their secondary which was which was pretty banged up Mm -hmm. as well going into last night and got more banged up during the game so it's it's tough Uh, nebraska (laughs) if it's gonna if it's gonna go on a run that's somewhat beyond you know even just reaching goal eligibility it's got to find a way to run the football and it's got to find a way to protect the passer because you look at between Grant Thompson and Palmer and even Marcus, Marcus Washington, like they basically downloaded a, a, 
a new a new offensive skill position pack. And that part of it's worked. It's just you haven't gotten the play on the line. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio, and so is his son, who is uh, not being cooperative with the with the radio show. But that's okay because he is hey, hey. young. See, he's smiling, and, and now he's looking into the screen like, <laughs> what? "What is going on?" Uh, Who are these goons on the screen? <laughs> he's like, "It's pretty obvious, guys. This team's not very good. Why are you freaking out? Like, why are you getting up so early talking about this?" Feed <laughs> me more Cheerios, damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. The you know, at this point too they've, they've tried different and shame on me for not noticing this by the way they they did go with <clears throat> hunter anthony last night over bryce benhart it mentioned in the beginning of the show that hey maybe they should look at that they did <laughs> benhart only so whenever i was noticing the offensive line were just the seven snaps that benhart actually played so they're trying different things on the offensive line um not not to play offensive coordinator on the radio but do it I, one thing you're not seeing as much i i don't think is like play action, misdirection, creativity in the run game? Because I feel like you have – at this point, it's pretty clear you don't have Outland Trophy winners on the offensive line. You just don't. You can't protect well. Thompson was pressured a lot last night. Uh, he's, he's under duress on straight dropbacks. Is it as simple as, hey – you know, look, get more creative in the run game, do more play action. You have to figure out a way to negate the fact that you just cannot pass protect well and you cannot run block super well. Time to get creative. Yeah, well, I wish Nebraska was a little less creative on a specific third and one last night in the run game, but <laughs> they survived they survived that. Um, you know, there was the drive. And I'm, you know, I don't have the chart in front of me, but the one that started with basically kind of a swing slash screen to Vokalek. And it was at that moment where I was like, okay, Nebraska can't line up and run the football. Uh, It's struggling to drop back and pass. And and I think that's the kind of creativity they might have to turn to a little bit more often early um, because, you know, Trey Palmer has proven like with his speed that he's a pretty dangerous deep threat. Um, and in, in the past, on those first drives, we've seen Nebraska, you know, get those shots early. And, and Rutgers, I think, was ready for those. Uh, so Nebraska had to loosen them up, and then you couldn't do it through the run game. So maybe it's a little bit more short passing. Maybe it's a little bit more horizontal passing. Um, it's The nice thing about Whipple is, you know, he's probably run a little bit of everything over over his time. So... I think Nebraska will have some time to to figure it out, but you look at what Purdue did against Minnesota last week, and we'll see what the Boilermakers do this week against a pretty good Maryland team. Uh, that's a, that's a good defense too. I mean, you go and go to Minneapolis and hold hold the team to ten points. Like this isn't this isn't the Purdue of old, where you just worry about defending the pass. Brandon Vogel's with us here a Saturday morning edition of Hale Varsity Radio and. Mark got into it a little bit with the offensive line with Hunter Anthony stepping up, and that was expected to be a rotation, but it's that next man up mentality, Vogues. And I want to get your take on a guy on defense that, that embodied that, that next man up mentality last night. That was Brandon Bam Moore. I don't think anyone in Nebraska had money on Brandon Moore to have an interception last night. If you did, enjoy your, 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 your newfound wealth because that was just completely unexpected to see uh, Brandon Moore on the field. They walk on, uh, but 
technically a, a transfer, just not enough scholarships for him. Came coming from UCF. I want to get your take on his performance last night, stepping up in a, in a, a big spot. Uh, I don't think anyone was expecting to see him, and he performed in a big way last night. Yeah, he did, um, and you're happy for a guy like that who's moved around a bunch and had some some unique circumstances. You know, he kind of arrived at Nebraska just out of thin air, and you had a little bit of a free roll with him. He saw a handful of snaps leading up to this game, and uh, they were noticeable for the wrong reasons, I guess. But at the point where he, he got that interception, you know, I think you saw – kind of the value of a guy like that you know he's he's been at florida state he's been at central florida you're not throwing a you know a, a true fresh another true freshman in there and, and when you needed to spell hearts on uh because Rutgers was picking on him and, and having success do it doing it you, you had a guy like that who's who's been around some big time football and he he showed up you know that's that's another thing that that gets maybe not as much attention as you know simplifying or playing free or winning close games under Mickey uh, is kind of that clean slate for everyone, but also a willingness to, to put guys in. I mean, the guys are on the roster for a reason and, you know, they may not be at the top of the depth chart for a pretty good reason, but it's worth finding out sometimes because a guy like this might surprise you and make one of the plays that saves the game. Well, the, the quote from uh, from Mickey last night, which kind of put a smile on my face, was, yeah, that, that guy's on scholarship too. And I think he was talking about the linebacker position with Luke Reimer going down. But I, I just love that quote of, yeah, he's on scholarship too, and, and he's got to go out there and perform. We're not expecting any less just because he's a backup. Yeah, absolutely. I mean – probably be an off-season project but going back and looking at the participation reports for nebraska over the past four years like i mean this is something that always kind of jumped out to me after each game but like wasn't very long for a team that carries 150 players and that seems to be a little bit changing a little bit too and probably will as you get banged up even more through just rough and tumble big 10 play vogues what what does nebraska have in in casey thompson they gotta you know i've been i've been really impressed with what he's done is he is he a perfect quarterback is there such thing as a perfect quarterback uh who knows Uh, but he's a guy where i think if nebraska were in a different position you know if the lines were stronger if they were a little bit deeper you could you could win everything you need to win with him um the effort he shows to to play through injuries you know minor injuries i think at this point thankfully uh for him is is really really impressive like the guy just keeps getting up and it would be easy not to in such a strange set of circumstances such as this brandon vogel with us hail varsity radio so you, you know you got today you got um Nebraska with kind of an off week. What a weird year, by the way, just schedule-wise, right? You got a, another Friday game. I mean, Iowa's always a Friday, but, you know, it's the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but now you get this extra extra day to prepare. If you're Nebraska, Brandon, what are, what are the things that you are working on the most in advance of facing a Purdue team that's pretty good against the run and has kind of their patented passing attack with a – with a featured wide receiver in Charlie Jones. Yeah, um, I think the big thing there is, and you know, not that dissimilar from Whipple at Pitt with Jordan Addison, and now with Palmer. Like, if if Purdue 
knows they've got a receiver, like they're going to get them the ball as much as possible. So defensively, I think that becomes a really big piece. You got to figure out a way you got to get that secondary a little bit healthy, uh, but figure out how you're going to cover a a wide receiver like that. And Aiden O'Connell's a little bit banged up. I expect him to, yeah, you know, I guess we'll see what happens today. It's it's still weird that Nebraska is one of the only teams that's, that's played, and there's more information to come. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens there. You'd like to you'd like to think Nebraska can find three or four run plays that it feels it can have some success with, specifically for Purdue. Um, that said, <laughs> it feels like a coin flip at best on that. So I think you dig into dig into what Purdue likes to do coverage-wise, uh, dial up the pass plays that you think can exploit that, and, and that's probably Nebraska's path going into next week at West Lafayette. You know, Vogues, I just what worked last night, and we were touching on it with Whipple and the controlled passing attack, right? He can he – can, after about the second series, Nebraska did more checkdowns to Grant – you have the ability to to find Brewington uh, or Vokalek, the the old little just quick out in the flat that's three that turns into seven, right? So it's a second and short if you're throwing on first down. They started moving Casey, not every play, but a few times in the pocket. You've seen that once things didn't get, that that's like that's probably page two, right? They'll they'll turn the page, they'll go to page two and. Here's some adjustments they'll do. You're, I, they, they have the ability, I think, to, to dink and dunk and then still kill you with a deep play to Palmer, all right, or Washington or Martin or, you know. So they, they have some explosive plays, but if, if you can't just line up and get five, Nebraska can make adjustments. I was, in the, I guess, I was surprised that they went so aggressive early against Rutgers. Yeah, uh, I, I was a little bit too. You know, it's it's worked particularly with those like opening. You know, however long yeah. Nebraska's opening game scripts are, like they've kind of gotten exactly what they wanted. You know, and that's that's good game planning. And tip tip your hat, to coaching staff. There, last night was you know. What it, it, Nebraska was aggressive in strange times to me. Uh, yes. you, you talk about the reverse with Palmer on, mm-hmm. on a third and one. Uh, you had the double re- or the reverse that, you know, had a pass option on it for Elante Brown, which which seems strange. Yet, and I'll, I'll have to go back and look because over the past two games, I, I feel like it seems like Every time Nebraska ends up in like a second and 10 or just second and long, they're going to run the football. And, and that's a disturbing thing for me, the lack of success, because those are those are passing downs. Those are those are downs where the defense is saying, look, if you're going to run the ball, you know, we'll, we'll give you six yards and, and, and get to third down. And Nebraska is not getting six yards on those runs. So it's uh it's a, it's a big puzzle uh, in terms of the run game. And I think th- they have enough in terms of receivers and complexity in the passing game that that might just be how they, they try to patch this for the remaining six games. Yeah, they can get you on a crosser, on a check down, or, or go over the top. I mean, that's how they've, they've won 
uh, three ball games, and they've gotten to three and three. Brandon Vogel with us. Vogues, what's coming up from you and Hale Varsity here this weekend? Yeah, so we got all of our stuff out uh, from from last night's game. I know a lot of people probably uh, didn't didn't spend last night reading the reading the entire internet. So all of that stuff's back out there. We'll have volleyball again this this weekend, and then getting to work on the well, we've been to work, uh, but the October issue goes to print a week from this coming Monday. So uh, we'll have we'll have new new print uh, coming coming your way shortly. Folks, appreciate you jumping on. Give Junior a fist bump. Tell him there's more college football and uh, to, to hunker in for some Big 12 today. <laughs> I, I will do that. I don't know if he's prepared for like 14 hours of just watching football that I like to employ. We'll have we'll have you had the chance to, to, to talk to him and have that, that hard conversation, the fact that both Kansas and TCU are 5-0? and that, That's a tough conversation. <laughs> Game days in the islands. I'll try to tell him the full like four-hour story of why this, this, this is such a momentous Saturday uh, in Lawrence. So. Vogues, be good. Take care. Best to you and your fam. All right, All right. there he is, Brandon Vogel, with his, with us here on Hale Varsity Weekend, presented by Currency for all your equipment financing needs. Go Currency. The uh, German Shepherd has finally settled down. Uh, you ever watch uh, the movie Step Brothers, Cranach or or um, or Elijah? It's been a little bit, but yeah, it, it's a classic. I've obviously seen right, it. Right, right. Well, the, the 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 German Shepherd that's the neighbor's dog. The seeing eye dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's how Gertie acts. Like she's just doesn't mind. She's everywhere. She's ever she's thinks she's a lap dog. She's awesome, but she's uh, yeah, she loves being part of the Saturday shows when we do it from the the kitchen island. Yeah. So we are gonna check in with the Iron Horse Gary Sharp will join us. We'll wind down a weekend edition of Tale Varsity presented by Currency. Glad to have you back. Yes, sir. You heard me right. Here are the guys, Schmidt and Cranach. Well, Hector, here's the game plan. You're going to bring us two absolute martinis. You know how I like them, straight up. And then precisely seven and one half minutes after that, you're going to bring us two more. Then two more after that every five minutes until one of us passes out. Excellent strategy, sir. Back with you, it's Weekend Edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by Currency. Chris Schmid, Mark Cranach, Elijah Herbal, as uh, things are getting rocking down in Rock Chunk land. Uh, some footage and some scenes on social media with the uh, the pate that is going on in the hills uh, down in, in Lawrence with TCU in Kansas. Nebraska can smile. They have back-to-back wins for the first time and forever i think what you were doing uh, back in in 2018 that was pre-pandemic that was year one of the frost era and uh, nebraska right now uh, in the uh, the fake first place role as mickey put it but uh, we welcome in the iron horse with us gary sharp with us uh this weekend edition sharpie good morning man uh we'll continue the theme one word to describe last night uh, resilient. Okay. Good word. Good word. At what point did you uh, feel comfortable watching that, or did you? Uh, when Greg Ciano, uh showed off his game management skills. <laughs> there's, there's, there's no way that... 
don't think anybody was feeling secure until that game ended. But one of the, that, that game last night, one team had a win and one team had a lose. And you wake up today, and you're just really, really glad that you won that football game because the team that lost is going, man, that was inexcusable. But, you know, Nebraska threw everything against a team that is, you know, living in the same neighborhood that they are in the Big Ten. Nebraska found a way to win last night. And that's all that matters is that when the game was over, Nebraska had one more point than Rutgers. Gary Sharp with us on the Hale Varsity Radio. So, you know, let's, we're three weeks into Mickey Joseph taking over and Bill Bush taking over defensively. What is an area of strength that you think Nebraska can carry forward? And what is a concern um, just based on this overall new look team with new voices? Well, I'll go with my concern first. My concern is now the schedule ramps up where you've won two games where Vegas said you're supposed to win. And the next step will be win a game when people say that you're not supposed to win. And that's probably going to come next Saturday because from here on out, more than likely Nebraska is going to be uh, an, an underdog. Maybe, maybe they're a pick them in a, in a game down the road. Um, that would be my concern is you buy too much into the last two weeks to go, okay, all of a sudden everything's fixed. Because as we saw last night, Nebraska still has some personnel issues that they're not going to be able to overcome with the addition of Mickey Joseph and the elevation of, of uh, Bill Bush in their current roles. Those things are pretty prevalent, especially along the offensive line. Nobody's walking through the door in a Superman cape to cure everything. What I do think is portable, and it has a lot to do with defense, is guys feel better about themselves they are putting players in a better position to succeed. And I think guys feel more comfortable playing defense, that they have their feet on the ground, they're aligned correctly, and they trust Bill Bush to put them in a spot that they can be successful. And I think that can carry you away on that side of the ball because as tough as Casey Thompson is, as tough as Anthony Grant is, as uh, clutch as Trey Palmer is, if that defense doesn't keep Nebraska in the game against a bad offensive team, which all of a sudden hit you for 13, man, Nebraska has no shot to come back. So I, I think the defense is one to watch moving forward. And it's really, it's really pretty remarkable because I, those, guys, those guys to a man were way down. I mean, look at particular guys. Luke Reimer, we didn't even recognize him first couple of weeks of the season. Luke Reimer looks completely different the last couple of weeks. So I think that's a positive that, that I could take to West Lafayette, I could bring back to Lincoln at the end of the month and, and maybe move it into November as well. Gary, I want to get your reaction to uh, uh, a stand by the defense that, that stands out in my memory as giving them some life early in that game last night, and that was after the block punt. We had Bill Bush earlier in the week say, yeah. if, if you're a team that goes and blocks a punt 90% of the time, you're going to win that football game. And Rutgers, uh, they're, they're part of the 10% that did not go and win a football game after blocking a punt. And that's a big testament yeah. to what the defense did after uh, Rutgers went and blocked that punt. They, they made a stand inside their own 10-yard line and forced Rutgers to kick a field goal. And that looms large in a game whenever Nebraska only goes and wins by one point. And I think it gave the defense some life moving forward and kind of showed them, you know what? Uh, we are in this game. We can keep this, uh, this, this team hanging around, and we're in the fight. I want to get your reaction to that series and, and how the defense just responded well. to getting punched in the mouth last night. And that's a great point, Elijah. And I know what I know what you guys have been talking about this morning. That that drive. Remember, Nebraska didn't start off great offensively. I mean, I, I like Rutgers' first drive, the way they had that built up. I mean, that was script pretty well. But then Nebraska started to have the familiar theme of missed tackles, 
And that four-yard, what, what should have been a four-yard run, all of a sudden is a 43-yard run. But with that in that drive, that's the drive that you're just speaking of, that Nebraska holds into a field goal. And that was a win for the defense. And I, and I think when I go back to the word, Schmitty, you asked, resilient, mm-hmm. I think that's what we've seen the defense do. You know, they bowed up and they found a way when, when they could crumble that they say, not today. And, you know, Rutgers is not very good offensively. I mean, I, I don't want to go over the top on that victory. This, this is, this is a, a great victory for the program because of where they were and what they're, they're trying to accomplish and what things they're showing you the last two weeks that they haven't. But that was an offense that you cannot let have breath because they're not very good. And I thought the defense on that drive, the whole You're like, oh, boy, we got through that. We still have a chance. And that's basically the whole night is the defense gave Nebraska a chance to stay in the game and then to make plays to win a game in the fourth quarter. Gary Sharp with us, weekend edition. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by Currency. Gary, what do you do moving forward to your point about some of the limitations on offense? You have some strengths. You have some options got some playmakers but moving forward here against better competition what what do you what do you lean on if if you're Whipple well if I'm not Mark Whipple I'm a health insurance agent I'm uh, making sure I got all my policies up to he's tough I mean he took some hits last night some of it was getting held up but they got to figure out the offensive line and what they do well and what they don't do well because there are times where we, we've seen it as where one guy will have a – it was become left, left guard center. I mean, there were uh, – I guess defense that is good, but you're going to face better defense along the way. That's – of concern, and, and I don't know if you can escape it. It's something all of us have been talking about since the spring. It's not a a. Elijah, let's try and reconnect with Gary. All right, bud. We'll we'll reset with Gary here in just a moment. A little sketchy cell service, but I'm anxious to get his take, Cranack, with. Okay, you can you can throw a go route to Palmer. You, you did it to to put away. Indiana, you can uh, find Vokalek on a slant when you flex him out on third and seven to keep that critical clock-burning drive done. You can pop pass to Vokalek. You can get Palmer on the sudden change after uh, another interception, right, after that second interception uh, for Nebraska last night, 27 yards, bang, you you, you take the lead, 14 to 13. So I don't want to make it sound like Nebraska does not have any options, but man, it's uh, it's kind of all or nothing, right, with getting that big play to get into the end zone, uh, and who knows if Nebraska will be able to run better uh, as the, the schedule gets tougher. Uh, back to Gary Sharp. Sharpie, we had to reset with you, bud. We, we lost you for a moment, but moving forward here, you know, where, where can you lean? and get some consistency with Nebraska offensively? Well, I think you, you say, okay, that offensive line, what do they do well? And let's focus on that, and let's try and scheme a little bit away from our weaknesses. I think that's the only thing you can do with the offensive line. 
I think there's symbolism going on here too, by the way. You know, ever since we start talking about the patchy offensive line, we got a patchy connection with Gary. Uh, so, you know, it makes, I guess it stands to reason. Uh, you know, Gary, if you're, if you're still with us and can hear us, um, it, there's there's also a, there's a couple trends that have that have emerged recently with Nebraska and this whole year. Um, so one in the red zone, Nebraska has been really good this year offensively. Mm-hmm. They've gotten to the red zone 18 times. They've scored 15 touchdowns. Uh, really solid, right? Like that that is yeah. really good conversion. Um, and then the other thing that's that's emerged trend wise, at least the past couple of weeks is in the second half, the defense has clamped down. They haven't allowed a point, and they also haven't allowed hardly any third-down conversions either. Are those things that you think are going to be hallmarks and features of Nebraska going forward the rest of the year, or are those aberrations against maybe some subpar opponents? Well, I, I, I think on the red zone, hopefully guys, the red zone, you're right, Mark, Nebraska's been really – well, I think we, I think, I think what Gary was trying to say there is, uh, well, great question, Mark. <laughs> yeah, he feels about a loss for words. I stumped him. I stumped mm. him. That's that's how it goes. Um, no, yeah. Look, it, th- those are things that that just bear watching. And now the Purdue team coming in. The, the Purdue team that you're going to watch next week, um, pretty solid. They always feature a receiver, right? They, I mean, that's just what they've done. They, they've they've got know. somebody or or two. Yeah, whether it was Moore, David Bell, now it's Charlie Jones. Uh, he, he's their featured guy. He hasn't played all that well the last two weeks. He hasn't produced quite to what he was doing. I mean, he had three straight 100-yard games to start the year. Uh, he hasn't cracked 100 he didn't crack 100 in the last two. So you'll see what he's capable of doing um, moving forward. And then when you look at who Nebraska is going to have isolated on him, Nebraska's playing a lot of man-to-man, and they're playing up, too. Their corners are playing not not exclusively, um, but they're doing it with much more frequency than I think they were before. And they're doing it with you know, a guy like Malcolm Hartzog, who now has a total of you know eight quarters under his belt and was playing high school ball last year. Uh, so that you know that particular matchup is a little bit concerning because I don't think Rutgers had a guy that could consistently get you, and Indiana had its top two guys out. So what is Nebraska going to do against a top-flight wide receiver? Well, you you fear that they're just going to get carved up and dominated uh, because it, it's been problematic at least for a couple of drives against Indiana with their B team and Rutgers. They didn't have any quarterbacks that could throw the football. And they got hit for three monster gash plays that, that led to 10 of, the four, 10 of the 13 points. So well, you, you, on, you, its, you, on, on its face right now, it looks like it could get ugly for Nebraska in the secondary. But just when you're ready to go that route, they, they kind of surprise you with either an adjustment or a response. The, the the complimentary football part is you got good defense, you got just enough offense in the second half last night. You got enough offense and defense and special teams to beat Indiana. I think moving forward, the trend has been all three phases 
that one point pitch in to help deliver Nebraska a win. You need that trend to continue. It isn't going to continue every every ball game, but I think the I think the kids will get coached up enough to to continue to be in it. I think Nebraska will figure out a way to scrap. Mark is the best way to put it. That means they'll win, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where there's just there's just no answer for for Nebraska in the in the secondary to to stop somebody. You know. Bush and company will figure out the opponent's best guy and try and limit, right? You had Rutgers do the same thing on Palmer last night. Palmer ended up making some super big-time plays, but it was more of a, you know, the the option was Washington, at least in Nebraska's passing game early last night. So that's a fair concern. Uh, And on its face right now, it looks like Nebraska's in some deep water with their personnel and, and future matchups. But but Nebraska's found a way so far. Yeah, and, and to your point about finding a way, last night when the secondary needed some help, the pass rush stepped up. Yes. And was yeah. getting home, creating some havoc in the backfield. And now uh, the quarterback is, is feeling rushed back there and, and is ending up making some, some poor decisions. And that led to, I think, two of the three interceptions uh, was the fact that, you know uh, – the pass rush is getting home, and, and he's got to get the ball out. And, and you could see the same thing for, for Rutgers' defense last night, too. One of those interceptions by Casey was forced by a pass rush. So while there is inexperience on the back end, it's not like you're, you're hung out to dry just because you're inexperienced back there. When Nebraska needed help, they had some backup corners in there. The pass rush was getting home. They, they were dialing up some creative blitzes. It was letting guys like Garrett Nelson, O'Shawn Mathis could get hits on the quarterback, and that, that helped that, that secondary out. So it's not like... Well, Nebraska's secondary is inexperienced, and you got an injury concern with Quentin Newsom, so it means bad things against Purdue. There's just other ways you have to go attack an offense in order to shut down a passing attack, and it starts with your front seven. Guys, yeah. they're just they're playing confident, they're playing better, and the thing is, is they'll be able to to build off of the last two weeks. And the big change is the fact that. When one area of the game is down, you talk about the secondary, another area is stepping up, the pass rusher. When the offense is down, the defense is stepping up and picking up. Complimentary football, to your point, Schmitty, that's a big change to what we've seen the past couple seasons. Well, it, it, here's another big change. Look, the the way the game started last night was was as poor of a start a as you've seen from Nebraska in a while, right? Like that, it looked really bad early. I mean, it looked, wow, Nebraska is unprepared and – Holy crap! This is going to get ugly. That—that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like. I—I right? I, I, I felt shades of 2019 Minnesota in the first two yeah. drives of that game. It looked bad. I mean, Nebraska looked outclassed. They looked like they weren't ready. They didn't seem motivated. And I think in the past, that's the way that game continues. Yes. What's interesting now is that the team kind of kept coming. They kept fighting, right? And they—they mm-hmm. they ended up pulling out the W. And and. That in and of itself, I think mentality-wise, you can see an improvement so far. How far will that carry you halfway through the season? I guess we'll find out. Hey, good stuff this morning. Thanks for checking in the weekend edition with Hale Varsity Radio. We're back Monday and uh, ready for Purdue Week. We'll spend time with Charlie McBride and Eric Warfield. Cranach, enjoy your football Saturday. You as well, sir. All right. Elijah, appreciate you. We're back Monday at 4 on Hale Varsity. Thanks. A Huda Media Production.